Hello and welcome back to episode four of Context. Uh, today we are going to chat about some things that I kind of started talking about in the first episode and didn't really like finish talking about. Um, and I have it listed right here. Um, we're going to talk about the moon and working with the moon. Um, how I got started on Insight Timer and um, getting diagnosed with ADHD through TikTok. Um, so these are my like main three things that I really want to talk about today. We'll see what else comes up. Um, but yeah, I talked a little bit about, um, getting diagnosed with ADHD through TikTok. And basically this is what I kind of want to talk about first right now. Um, all my life, I always, always struggled with school and I didn't necessarily struggle in the sense that I was getting bad grades but I struggled in the sense that I never felt like I fit in I always felt either too bored or just like not really know the expectation of what was going on unless it was really 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 specific I felt like Every, like in high school at least, I remember pretty much every single Sunday night I would have some sort of anxiety or panic attack about going back to school just because of how much I hated the environment. It just was not built for me in my brain. And I did not know until October of 2020 that I got a diagnosis for ADHD. Um, Some people say ADD. I don't think it really matters. Um, I also think I'm autistic. I don't have a... Uh, diagnosis for that, like clinical diagnosis, but of the friends that I have that are also autistic and do have clinical diagnosis, diagnosis, whatever, you know what I'm trying to try to say. Um, and like when I talk to my doctor and my therapist and stuff, like they don't, they don't question it. They are like, yeah, probably. Um, so I, I need to take a deep breath. <laughs> I, I, I didn't really, I didn't expect this to be difficult for me to talk about. Um, but it, I guess it is. Um, but you know, I, I have some like learning disabilities and like reading is hard for me, especially like reading aloud in front of people. Um, you know, pronouncing words can be difficult for me. And I was always really, really smart in elementary school and was reading at a high level and, um, you know, my, my mom told me she, she thought that maybe I had some disabilities and and she talked with me as a kid. And I remember she asked me, she was like, Oh, this is dyslexia. Like when the letters are mixed up and stuff, if you want, we can go get you tested for it. But you know, they might treat you a little bit differently at school. They might take you out of class and they might, you know, have you work with these other kids that also have these, these issues. And I was like, fuck no, I don't want to take a test. I was in like, what, first, second grade. I was like, I don't want to take a test. No, I don't, I, I'm doing fine. I, I, don't, I don't want to, I don't want to be separated from my friends. You know what I mean? Um, so I just stayed without a diagnosis, even though there were signs when I was a kid. Um, and I'm looking at my phone right now because I have some screenshots of some notes that I like wrote, um, in, 2021. So this is almost two years ago now. 
that I said the school system wasn't built for me to do and I'm so sick of crying about it and I feel the need to cry about it but I just don't care about it that much anymore. As long as I accommodate myself, I'll be okay but sometimes accommodating myself is missing half of the curriculum um, and I and I was just kind of... Um, I wrote, I said, every single semester I think about dropping out. I didn't even want to go to college in the first place, but after I, I was diagnosed with ADHD and figured out that I was autistic in 2020, 2021, I was able to use my accommodations, you know, to skip um, my classes when I, when I need to accommodate and pay attention to my body and rest because it's so easy for me to get burnt out um, just after one day of classes. And the classes that I'm talking about right now are my college courses. I've been in this BFA musical theater program, which if you are familiar with musical theater and the BFA programs and how rigorous they can be, it's intense stuff. Um, but basically all of that to say right here, right now, uh, I am in my last semester of college. I am medicated. I have figured out my medication of what works for me to pay attention in class for the most part. Um, and I have had a load of, um, healing, a, a butt ton of healing, uh, work with Reiki and being a Reiki master. And just over the last few years, really figuring out what works for me and how to accommodate myself. But I didn't have these skills when I entered college. You know, I, I never wanted to go to college because I hated school. I hated taking tests. I hated having to read uh, homework. I, I never, it never stuck with me unless I was really, really interested about. I loved to learn. I loved learning. I loved sitting in a class and learning about things that I was interested in. But when it came to doing homework, doing busy work, I'm like, I already know how to freaking do this. I don't need to prove I know how to do this by practicing it for homework and bringing it in to show my teacher. Um, but I wanted to talk about how I figured out I had ADHD because of TikTok, which I think I may have talked a little bit about before. But really, I didn't have TikTok until the end of March, 2020 or so when I was bored out of my mind, you know, the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic quarantine era. Um, and the algorithm started really catering to me and showing me all these different things. And I was seeing all these videos that I really, really related to it. And in the hashtag, it was like, hashtag ADHD talk, hashtag neurodivergency. And I was like, that's weird that I relate to that. Hmm. Maybe it's just trauma. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of posts that are like, you know, when you're traumatized, you feel this way, this anxious attachment style and da, 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 all this anxiety and, and depression. And I was like, yeah, I have anxiety. I have depression, whatever. It's not ADHD. But the more that I was on TikTok, which was like pretty much every day, the more and more videos I would see of all these relatable things. And I started reading about it. I started looking at different um, like studies and tests. Do I have ADHD? You know, like all these quizzes online. And I, I think by June or July of 2020, I talked with my therapist that I had had for maybe two years at this point, maybe one year and a half. And I told her, I was like, I keep seeing all these videos on TikTok showing me that I have signs of being neurodivergent and it would explain a lot, but I don't know. What do you think? And she was like, no, I don't think so. Like, totally, definitely not. Like, no, there's no way. Don't worry about it. 
And I was just like, huh, okay, interesting. I started taking more notes. I started taking more TikToks, saving them to my folders to show um, my, like a psychiatrist. And I started getting a psychiatrist to help with my anxiety. And I, I, growing up, I had never really wanted to take any sort of medication for my depression. Like I just never felt that it was in alignment with me. Like even from a young age, I didn't have the language for it, but I just never really, I was like, no, I don't, I think I, I, I can be happy on my own. And I don't really want to talk about this a lot right now, but I was at a really, really dark place in my life in middle school. Um, some of the saddest that I had been. Um, and this happened, um, that like I got out of it. Like I got out of the really, really scary thoughts and uh, state of mind on my own without going to therapy, without really doing anything. And I might be, I might talk about this another day, but right now I, I don't want to get into the story really. But um, I had this mindset because I had gotten out of it before that I was like, I'm okay. I, I saved myself. Like I'm okay. I don't need to talk to anyone about it. I'm fine. Yeah, I have anxiety. Like, yeah, I've like I'm a little depressed, but like not that bad. I can still I'm still living. I'm still doing the things. Um and then in my first year of college, I think I might have mentioned this, like I was in a really really low place in my life with the, you know, uh New England winter for the first time, not seeing the sun, the sun setting at 3 p.m. I was really 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 not doing great. Um and that's when I found my, you know, first therapist. And therapy really did help me. Um, but finding out, uh, you know, like I was having, I was having a not great time living at home during the start of the pandemic. And so my mom found me a psychiatrist that my little sister had been going to. Um, and, you know, my younger sibling, they didn't have a lot of success with all these antidepressants and stuff. And I was like, well, I don't want to take it. Like we have similar DNA, like it doesn't work for her. It's not going to work for me. You know what I mean? Um, that was my mindset, which honestly is probably true. I mean, I know meds interact with everybody differently, but, um, I just had a feeling in my gut that I was like, I don't want to try antidepressant meds, but I started trying, um, anti-anxiety medication and I would take it for like panic attacks and stuff. And I found that it really only helped like to numb, but I was never really like the anxiety was never gone. I just wasn't able to like feel what the anxiety, like all the thoughts were racing in my head, but I never like felt it. Um, and so after a few months being on TikTok for quite some time and the algorithm getting really specific, um, I started seeing things about, you know, the connection also of being like non-binary. And I started seeing all these posts about like different trans people that I was relating to, but I was kind of keeping it in the back of my mind. Um, and I told my psychiatrist, I think it was like August or September of 2020, I was like, I think I might have ADHD. Is there any way that you can help me get assessed for that? And she was like, oh yeah, let's get you an assessment. And it took a couple months, but we found somebody and I met with her. And then 
um, she talked about what the the process of diagnosing is going to be like, you know, we had a little interview and she asked me all these questions about my life and childhood and uh, where I'm at and how I learn. And I don't even really remember the specifics of it, but she sent me in the mail, like three different multiple choice tests. One had like over a hundred questions. The other was like 60 questions where you'd fill out, like there's a sentence. And then it was like, how much, how likely are you to relate to this or how likely is this to describe you and it was like zero to four or something zero being like not at all four being like yes or something along the lines of that and from that test in October of 2020 we met and she was like so yeah you probably have ADHD um you know I can't like this is just one assessment like you can probably go get assessed by more people and I was like are you kidding me no I'm I'm taking this as as the assessment and everything just kind of clicked once I got that diagnosis once because you know I was believing it myself but I wasn't like fully letting myself acknowledge and process it until I had you know gone out spent the four hundred dollars on this assessment because this shit's not cheap like oh my god to get these mental health resources like I know that I'm very very privileged to even have access to a psychiatrist and a therapist and and get this kind of help and assessment. So I'm not, I'm not trying to complain about, um, not having gotten assessed for 20 years of my life. I was 19. Um, yeah, I was 19 when I, when I got this assessment, but it wasn't because of lack of resources. It was more just lack of I guess maybe it was just lack of, of, of knowledge, like of the resource to understand that there's a lot of different neurotypes in the world. Um, and so I, for 19 years had trained myself to behave and respond and please society, my friends, my teachers, my peers, my parents, my siblings, you know, my family, everybody I had conditioned myself from a very young age excuse me I conditioned myself from a very young age of what I thought I should be doing and once I got the diagnosis I kind of just sat with myself and really (sighs) things started falling into place that I was like oh I only behave in these ways because of what I think others expect of me. And their expectations of me is a neurotypical person, and that's not me. And I started to break down. I was like, so who the frick am I? And this is also when I started meditating daily. I had been meditating daily for a while. So I started to begin the process of connecting with my intuition stronger than I had really thought of. You know, I was really, really, really trying to work on my intuition. I really wanted to meet my spirit guides. Um, You know, learning that I was neurodivergent and um, I guess also learning that I was trans. Like it all, this, this like all kind of happened once I was starting to find my like spiritual awakening. Um, and I talked about this a little bit before I think, but yeah, if it wasn't for TikTok, I would not have 
saved all these videos to, to convince myself to ask my therapist. And then once I, once my therapist said no, a few months later, I kept going on TikTok and I kept seeing even more stuff, you know, for autism and for ADHD. And I was like, I freaking relate to this stuff. And you know, there's, I don't know if the studies have changed, but there's over a 60% rate comorbidity for somebody who is autistic and somebody who has ADHD, like to have both of them. And I'm like, so this makes so much sense. And then I started analyzing my parents and I'm like, well, yeah, clearly this parent is also autistic. Um, but also this parent also seems like they could also have ADHD too. And I think that I have it too. Um, and we were just raised in a way to suppress that. And once I started unmasking and releasing the expectations of what I had placed, I had like placed this cage on myself of the societal and familial expectations in my life of how I should behave and what I should do. Once I kind of creeped open from that cage, like the cage wasn't really locked, but once I just like took a step out of the cage is when I really started to find love for myself is when I realized that I didn't need to be a people pleaser. I didn't need to put others' needs before mine. I never had my needs taken care of growing up. Um, and while I did have a lot of needs that were met, and I, I, I still want to say I'm very, very fortunate and grateful for the privileged life that I had growing up, um, you know, having food on my table every night and um, access to healthcare and insurance and stuff and you know a stable stable home as in like the home was a stable place not necessarily mentally um but anyway physically there was a stable home there for me to live in um so setting that aside I never had I never felt safe to express my needs growing up um I was afraid you know of punishment of being yelled at of I don't even know of what anymore I don't I don't really want to get into this right now but like I don't even remember what I was saying. I'm trying to get my train of thought back. Damn. The train of thought has derailed. Um, I think I was just saying that if it wasn't for TikTok, I wouldn't have, you know, really figured out who I was. Um, and I'm not saying like TikTok itself um, told me who I was, but like using the tools of the videos that I saw of like, okay, how do I unmask and how do I really like feel safe in my body and get grounded? And I did a lot of inner child healing and I did a lot of, um, just healing in general to really understand that I was not stupid that I wasn't annoying, um, or like, I, I just had all these negative images of myself, of how I thought the world saw me because of what people had told me growing up. But really, my brain just works in a different way than they, they were treating me like it does. You know, I was learning about lack of object permanence. And so now in the fridge, I have all like my fruits and vegetables in the little door so that when I open it up, I can 
see the food that I, that I want to eat before it goes bad. Cause if it's in the drawer in the bottom of the fridge, I won't see it, you know, out of sight, out of mind. That's the characteristic of, you know, neurodivergency is lacking that object permanence. If I'm looking for something, I'm tearing my entire room apart. If it was sitting underneath something else, it's probably the last thing that I'm checking. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to talk about that a little bit. And like, that's kind of how I figured out I was neurodivergent over the pandemic. And that also like unmasking myself, I realized that I wasn't a girl. I wasn't a woman. This was just what society had put onto me. And I was like, oh, okay. So I started exploring with being gender nonconforming and using they, them pronouns. And I still use she, she, her, and they, them pronouns for a little bit of time. But whenever somebody used she instead of they, it always stung. And I was like, yeah. So I eventually stopped using she, her pronouns and just they, them pronouns. And now I'm using they, he pronouns. And I talked about that a little bit in the first episode, I'm pretty sure. So not going to get into that too much, but I did want to talk about insight timer and the moon. So, okay, let's, I love the moon. Y'all, I freaking love the moon. The moon is so powerful. And I have some talks on Insight Timer, I'm pretty sure, talking about the moon. Maybe not, honestly, but I've, I've done talks on there a little bit. So sometimes when I'm re-saying re these things, um, I'm not like sure if I've like said it in this podcast or if I like said it on Insight Timer. So I'm, I'm trying to like collect my thoughts to see really what, um, what, what I haven't said before, but I don't, I don't think I've talked about the moon yet on this podcast. So if you didn't already know, the moon, Earth's moon, is every two weeks there's a full moon, every two weeks there's a new moon. Um, you know, the moon's cycle is around 28 days. And um, the Jewish calendar, the Hebrew calendar, is a lunar calendar. So a lot of Jewish, well, not a lot, all of Jewish holidays um, are surrounding different phases of the moon. Um, so th this is just a side note, connecting Judaism to the moon, because I started a, using a spiritual practice of setting intentions with the full moon and the new moon before I even really connected it with Judaism. And so basically what I say by setting intentions is that with every new moon, it's a new lunar cycle. It's a new month regardless of if it's on the, the calendar month, whatever. When there's a new moon, a lot of people, including myself, like to practice setting intentions, goals, wishes, or desires for the next coming, upcoming weeks. And every new moon is in a different sign. You know, there's a lot of astrology behind it as well. I'm not like a huge astrologer, but I do find the astrology behind the moon cycles really interesting. And... um. So with every new moon, I like to set anywhere from like one to three to four or five like goals or intentions to get done for the month. For example, I remember once it was to, you know, start this podcast, to film an episode, to edit an episode. That was one of my intentions for like a couple months ago. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to freaking do this. Like last month I was like film and edit an episode of the podcast. That was one of my intentions with the new moon in the past. A different intention I had was to move slowly with patience and compassion. Another one was to advocate for myself fearlessly and to ask for help, even if I was nervous to do so. 
these are just like examples of different things that you can do to set with the the new moon. It doesn't have to be like a physical task that you have to get done. It can be like an emotional or mental thing or just like to stay grounded, to get more sleep, to take care of myself, to do self-care. Like these are examples of intentions that you can set with the new moon. And with the full moon, I personally, as well as a lot of other people, like to do a intention setting of things to release, things that we are letting go of, that we are shedding, things that no longer serve us anymore. And again, each each moon has different uh, zodiac sign attached to it, like each each um, full moon and new moon and, um, you know, they repeat in, in cycles. So every few months or every year, there's one new moon and one full moon uh, in each sign, I'm pretty sure, if not more, um, at least one. And with the full moon, it can be a bit emotional. Like I used to, when I first, when I first started working with the moon, I was noticing pretty much every full moon I was crying and I used to be able to cry before starting testosterone, like way easier than crying right now. Like I don't really cry much anymore. Um, which maybe I'll talk about that in the next episode of like different, different things that I've noticed since being on testosterone. Um, let me write that down for myself real quick. Um, testosterone and crying and the effects, um, within the first, like, seven months because I'm now on testosterone a little bit over seven months. It'll be almost eight months in a couple weeks, which is amazing. But anyway, the moon, working with the moon, um, the full moon can be very a very emotional time. And it's important to release these emotions and to cry if you feel like you can cry um, as you release them, some people do rituals with the full moon, like you write down your intentions on a sheet of paper and you burn it or you rip it up or you put it in water or you say it out loud to yourself or you do a meditation to visualize it. You know, everybody's practice is different. But since I started working with the new moon and the full moon and setting intentions, I really started to see the universe the synchronicities within different signs that I was asking for, different desires that I had, different wishes, things started working out divinely. Um, and I was setting the intention for them to do so. And I also have a talk on Insight Timer about affirmations and the magic behind them and the power behind our words. And so I also like to think about think about um, the moon is, you know, the moon doesn't control, but has influence on the tides. We know that the different high tide, low tide has different effects with where the moon is. And if it's a full moon, if it's a new moon, there's no like research on it. But I also believe that the moon affects the weather. I've noticed for the last two years or so that every single full moon, at least where I am in, in Massachusetts, there has been some sort of rain or snow the day of, the day before, or day after. Like, pretty much all of them. I, I'm, I wasn't here for all of the full moons in the last couple of years, but like for all the ones that I was here for that I was consciously aware of, it was always raining. Um, so, and usually with the new moon, there'll also be some sort of rain. So every couple of weeks, if there's rain, like notice if there's a full moon or a new moon or a first or last quarter moon, 
I think it's really interesting thinking about the weather with the moon. But anyway, that's not the point. We know that the moon has this influence on the water on Earth. We as humans are also made up of water. So why wouldn't the moon's energy affect us as human beings? And I think it does, especially those humans who also have a 28-day cycle within them, a menstrual cycle. Um, and learning your body and your, your needs and what you need depending on the moon. And our cycles shift. So not every full moon are you going to feel the same. You might start getting really overly emotional with the new moon eventually. You know what I mean? Like we as humans are shifting our cycles as well as the moon is shifting cycles. We may not be in alignment with the same cycle of the moon for our entire life. You know, we, we are ever changing and ever flowing beings. And so what I really loved to do in the last few years is really take notice of me and my cycles and how I'm feeling and what is easy for me to do and when am I more tired and, and what is it in relation to the full moon and the new moon. I know right here, right now, I get really bad insomnia with the new moon. When there's a new moon, I really have trouble sleeping if I'm not like in like the pristine conditions to be sleeping. Even if I am, I'll have really, really intense dreams sometimes with the full moon or the new moon. If I'm, if I'm like sleeping really well with the new moon, I'll usually have a really intense dream, but the full moon without fail, I've always really have intense dreams. And at least in the last few months, like super intense, super vivid. Um, and I've taken note of this and it's just, it doesn't necessarily shift the way that I live my life, but it does help me set more, um, specific intentions and to give myself more grace and to understand how my body works and how my mind works a little bit better. So I really like to work with the moon and that's what I mean by that. All right, now let's talk about insight timer a little bit more. And I feel like in every episode I've talked about how much I love insight timer and they're not paying me to say this. This is not an ad. If ever insight timer would like to sponsor me, I don't know if they would do that. Um, I would love them to, but I teach on insight timer. I just hit y'all. I just hit over 600 followers on Insight Timer, which for me is a huge milestone. I don't know how many people will be ever listening to this podcast, but 600 people is a lot of people. And I remember like last year, I was really like my goal. I was like, I want 500 followers. And like, I remember I set for one of the new moon intentions for myself. I was like 500 followers on Insight Timer. And that's the thing with is with the new moon is if you set an intention and it's not honored within that one month, keep setting the intention and see how long it takes because sometimes the universe will grant us our wishes, but it takes a lot longer than we think it will. Um, so patience is really key when it comes to, you know, manifesting, working with the moon, setting intentions and stuff like that. But anyway, insight timer, insight timer. I love this freaking app. I love the community. I love the people on there. Even if they're just little profile pictures and names on my screens with comments, I love insight timer. So I meditated pretty much every day for almost an entire year using this app, seeing other teachers. And that's how I really got started with Reiki and my friend. Um, I think she'll be okay with me talking about her. You should also go check her out on insight timer intuition awakening with Janine Bozer. Um, I'm definitely going to ask for her consent. Um, but she also does podcasting and has videos on YouTube and on TikTok as well. She's really, really awesome. One of my dearest friends, Janine. Um, but she was the one, we weren't friends at this time. She was the one on Insight Timer, a teacher that really inspired me to go seek out 
a Reiki certification and to start teaching on Insight Timer. I was like, she is sharing her story so beautifully. I want to share my story. I want to help teach people and inspire people to be their authentic selves and to meditate and to meet their guides and to develop their spiritual gifts. And I was just at the beginning of my journey and I was already feeling this this pull, this, this draw to be on Insight Timer in like the end of 2020. I was already like, yes, I want to do this. I bought my microphone. I was like, I'm going to record meditations. Not only am I going to do my like podcast about my breast reduction, but I'm also going to do meditations on Insight Timer and lives on Insight Timer. And I was really, really excited for it. So that's when I got my microphone and, um, I sought out a Reiki certification and within that year, the next year in 2021, I got both Reiki one and two certified. And then, um, in 2022, I went live for the first time ever on Inside Timer in March. And I remember after finishing that live, I was sending Reiki during the live and I did some Oracle card readings. I just felt the most intense bliss and ecstasy and love. It was just so fulfilling. And I, it's like, oh, just even thinking about it now, I just remember like happy stimming after just like, it was such, such a fulfilling experience that I was just like, this is what I want to be doing. Like I want to come back here and I've been coming back on Insight Timer and I'm coming up on one year of being live and having meditations uploaded. I think I've had a meditation uploaded on there for over a year now. Um, and this community is just so awesome. There are people who teach yoga. There are people who do sound healing and music. There are people who give psychic medium readings and Oracle card readings, people who do Reiki healing, people who just sit and they meditate and they hold themselves accountable to meditate and teach themselves as they teach others. Um, and this community on Insight Timer really like, really, I, I feel so blessed to, to have it be a part of my life. And it's ever changing and the app can be glitchy and, you know, they change their guidelines all the time. And when I started on Insight Timer, the guidelines, it was much easier to become a teacher. Um, now it's a little bit harder, but um, I, I just, the amount of gratitude I have for this app, for this platform, for Insight Timer is so abundant. And I just wanted to talk about it. And honestly, I don't even know what else there is to say about how I got started on Insight Timer. But I think that's that's pretty, pretty much it. I mean, like I saw people, I was inspired. I bought my microphone, I uploaded like four meditations and they each had to have like a 4.5 minimum star rating before you could uh, request to have your first live. And I finally requested to have my first live and I did it and I've been going live. Oh, you hear my voice crack? I've been going live like, um, I try to go live at least once a week, um, if not every other week, especially when I'm in the semester. But like over the summer, I was going live like three times a week, four times a week. And that's just something like it's so beautiful because it's a free app. If you want a membership, you can buy a membership and you can get extra features that free members don't have access to, as well as courses that are paid, whether you pay for the course or you pay for a membership that has access to the course. But it's a free app. All the lives are free and you know, there are like paid workshops and stuff, but how it works is you 
send in a donation and some of it goes to the teacher and some of it goes to the app. So during my lives, I always ask for donations because that's what Insight Timer, like they give you a prompt of like, make sure you ask three times in your life to ask for donations. But like, you know, sometimes I only do it at the end or in the middle, but like some pe- sometimes people donate without even asking um, because that's just the the generosity on this app is like we share this love and we share our knowledge and there's no expectation of exchange. But if you can, if you can afford it to send in a donation, it's honored and it's encouraged and it's highly accepted by your teachers and um, the creators on there. So I really love Insight Timer. And that's kind of how I got started on there. And I've just expanded my gifts and my journey with Reiki and with connecting to spirit and connecting with the universe and divine and channeling messages for people. I have channeled people's dead relatives, their their past loved ones. I don't, I mean, that sounds really, to say someone's dead relative, I I don't like the, the, the way that that sounds. It doesn't sound like I'm honoring them. Um, I've channeled people's past loved ones without even trying. Like I will be doing an Oracle card reading and I'm like, um, I'm being called to ask if you had a grandmother who wore glasses, who was short, had curly hair, like, and say really specific things. And the person is like, Oh my God. Yes. Like she shows me this sign. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, Holy cow, I can do this. Like I am channeling a spirit that I don't know. And it's kind of creepy and it freaks me out a little bit. Um, but it's also such a beautiful gift and to be able to do that. And, you know, I, I've learned to set my boundaries with spirit. And when it comes to strangers, uh, past loved ones that try to get me to like say a message, I'm like, listen, I'm not doing a reading right now. Like leave me alone. And usually the, the spirit will, but you know, I'll be out out and about and I'll just get a sense of some being and I don't see them. Like I don't physically see them with my eyes. Like I just get a sense and I get like a knowing, a a description of like what they, what their essence is like. I just like kind of feel it. It's not necessarily, I'm like seeing a ghost right in front of me. Um, that's not how I experience mediumship or, you know, channeling in guides or angels or archangels or, or anything, you know? So, um, but yeah, that's really just what I wanted to talk about really quick. Um, and I did all those three things. Look at me, look at me freaking go. That was, that was all I had planned for, to talk about. Um, and it hasn't even been 40 minutes. So I would, let's talk about testosterone. Um, cause I was going to talk about that in the next episode, but also I want to talk about affirmations because a big part of my self love journey and finding my faith. And somebody asked me this on insight timer the other day, they were like, how do you have so much faith? You just like trust in the universe. You trust everything is working out for you. How do you have faith? And I really thought about it. And I told them, I was like, honestly, affirmations, saying, speaking affirmations into my water. You know, we are magic. The way that we talk to our bodies, the way that we talk to the water, the food, everything that we put in our bodies is energy. And when you say nice things, there is nice beautiful crystal energy that comes in. And when you say mean things, when you say negative things, that negative energy manifests into bacteria, into illness, into disease. Um, and I say disease rather than disease because, you know, a disease is really just your, like metaphysically, like something is not at ease within your system. Um, but affirmations, really, really, really big part of my 
uh, finding my authenticity and fearlessly speaking and sharing my truth as well as like loving myself unconditionally for who I am and having faith and trust in the universe and saying affirmations like I am enough. I have faith. I move forward fearlessly as my truest, most authentic self confidently. I inspire and heal millions of people across the globe for their highest and greatest good for my greatest for the highest and greatest good of all with harm to none. You know, these are just some examples of affirmations that can be said. Somebody asked me, your skin looks like it's glowing. What do you do? I say affirmations in the, in the mirror. When I'm washing my face, I say my skin is clear, smooth, hydrated, moisturized, healthy, and glowing. Um, and yeah, I have you, I don't know how the, the camera quality right now is not that great. You can't see all my little pimples and blackheads and whiteheads and stuff, but I have, I have a lot of acne right now, especially being a little over seven months on testosterone. I am going through a second puberty. I'm getting acne on my chest, on my back. Like it's puberty all over again. I'm going through second puberty. It's middle school. Like I, these affirmations are, are affirmations that I've been saying for years now. So even with all the, what I feel on my face is gunk, people will look at me and say, wow, your skin is glowing today. And I'm like, oh my God, these affirmations are really working in the way that people perceive me, even if I don't necessarily believe them myself. The way that affirmations work, our subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between um, a joke, a sarcastic comment, or the truth, or a lie. The subconscious mind hears what it hears, and it takes it in as fact. It takes it into reality. So if you are talking negatively to yourself, saying, like, oh, I'm so stupid. Oh, I can't believe I just did that. If you catch yourself doing this, this is what I did. This is especially once I found out that I had ADHD. I started saying, no, I'm intelligent. I am smart. I am worthy. I am enough. I'm just silly. I'm just goofy. I'm just, I'm just human. And I would say these affirmations, like five affirmations to make up for the one negative self-talk. And doing and practicing this they say, some people say it takes 21 days to form a habit. Uh, science and studies have now, um, I don't know the exact number, but I think it's over 200 and like 30 days. That's really when you're like your body and your mind form the habit. Like your mind starts to create the habit after 21 days. After a month of doing something, your your mind kind of knows what, what to do, but it's not fully ingrained into the body until after. The mind heals and shifts quicker than the body. The body takes longer to heal. And so when you're saying these affirmations to yourself, you may not believe it right away. Your body may not feel safe. But if you tell yourself every day in the morning, when you look at yourself in the mirror, if you right before you drink your water, speak, speak, speak into a glass of water, I am safe. I love myself unconditionally. I am confident. I have faith in the universe. I trust everything is working out divinely for me. Even more brilliant, even more divine than I could ever imagine. With harm to none, for the greatest and highest good of all. I am free. I am grounded. I am loved. I am light. I am magic. I am protected. I am healthy. You know, whatever, whatever you want to believe in yourself, start saying it now. And it's hard to create the habit of doing it every single day, but start just once a week. Sundays or like have one day dedicated to being your morning affirmations and start adding another day or do it twice a day or three times a day as however many times you feel called to do it. Consciously being aware of saying these affirmations 
doing it. See, see yourself after a month, after two months, are you starting to believe it? Do you look at yourself in the mirror and go, oh, who is that sexy person in that mirror? You know, I, when I first started using affirmations, I was learning to love my body. It was post, it was like post my breast reduction. I like had done affirmations before and they never really like felt like they were working, but I started really, really getting into it after my reduction. And after a few months, I would look at myself and I'm like, wait, I don't feel horrible about myself today. I like looking at myself right now. Oh my God, these affirmations are actually working. And it was after a few months and it takes time. And I'm not saying that everybody is going to feel better and love themselves after a couple months of affirmations because it's a lot more work than that. Self-love and healing these wounds that we um, get once we, as we grow up in society, especially if you live in the United States, um, especially if you're someone who is queer or trans neurodivergent and um, especially if you are a late diagnosed neurodivergent person, you know, we, we have given ourselves all these narratives that aren't true and to unlearn the narrative, to unlearn these wounds, it takes time. So you, when you decide that you're going to do a self-love journey, you know, when, when you're ready for this healing, you may not feel ready and that's okay. And it may take you longer than you want it to. But once you do it, once you put in the work and once you start to love and, you know, I, I am at a point now that I love living life. And like, yes, there are days that I'm like, holy, mm, like I get frustrated and I don't want to be living anymore. And it's like really intense, you know, still dealing with depression and anxiety. But most days I wake up and immediately in my brain, I have trained myself. What am I grateful for? I'm grateful for my bed. I'm sending love and light to my ancestors and my angels. Thank you to my spirit team. I'm so excited to see how, a, how much of a beautiful day today is. I am saying this stuff as soon as I am waking up. I could not say that a year ago. I could not say that two years ago. This is a practice that takes time and effort. Um, but yeah, I was going to talk about testosterone, but now I went into a little tangent about affirmations, but... I do have a, a talk on Insight Timer. And again, my username on Insight Timer is L, spelled E-L space L. And, um, and I have a talk about how affirmation, like the science behind why affirmations really work. I'm not going to get into like deciding to start testosterone right now. I feel like that's a, 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 a story for another episode, but I'm going to just talk about some of the noticings that I've had. I started testosterone June 10th of 2022, and I started with a patch. It was a daily patch. Um, right now I'm doing intramuscular injections once a week, but the patch I wore for a good month, uh, a good two months, actually. Actually, So the, the, I started with the patch and this was a daily patch that had a microdose. I, 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 from the start, I'm on a very low dose of testosterone, switching this patch once a day. After a week of being on testosterone, the only difference that I felt in my body, in my mind was that I was happier. And 
it took me a long time. Like I was debating going on testosterone for a while. Um, and probably not as long as some other people, but it was at least over a year that I was really, really going back and forth, especially because I'm a musical theater major and singing is my instrument and going on testosterone, my voice is lowering, you know, right now, like if I, if I'm consciously thinking about it, I can talk down here and it doesn't hurt. It's just like my voice, but I've trained myself to talk up here and to talk like this. So like, this is like where my voice is lying when I'm not masking it, you know? Um, but when I'm purposefully like thinking about having a masculine voice, I can talk lower anyway, but I was nervous to, I wanted my voice to be lower. I had a lot of dysphoria around my voice and how it sounded and how people perceived me as a woman, as a girl. Um, and I thought that testosterone would help lower my voice but you know going through puberty during your senior year of a bfa in musical theater is kind of crazy um you guess you could say i'm kind of crazy um for for doing that but i decided it was worth worth it to try to live in alignment with my my highest self and who i wanted to be and how i wanted to express myself in the world and i said so what if my voice is crick crackling all over the place? I don't want to wait any longer to change who I am because I want to be who I am and I feel like I need testosterone, more testosterone in my body to do that. So that's what I did. Um, but I was getting a rash from, a, like a rash reaction from these patches. So I switched to gel temporarily. Um, and the also week one, after feeling more happier... I started noticing I was getting a little bit more like horny or thoughts like we're okay. We're going to talk about being horny. So if that makes you uncomfortable, um, don't listen to this, but like everybody always says when you start testosterone, you know, you're like a teenage boy, you're horny as like, Oh my God, you are so horny. And it's so true. And it's like, I noticed that I was just like thinking hornier things like the way that I experienced, experienced being horny felt different in my body and it wasn't like I feel like prior to testosterone I really feeling horny was like a mental feeling like it was like more within like my head it wasn't necessarily like a bodily experience but once I started testosterone not only was I getting thoughts, like horny thoughts. And when I say horny thoughts, it's not just like, oh, I'm so horny. I want to have sex right now. It's like, I am envisioning this full on scene right now with this person who is in my brain that I'm thinking about right now. Like it was like specific things I want to be doing with this human, which I never really like. Yeah. If I was like fantasizing or thinking about somebody in, in a, in a horny way, like, yeah, maybe I would consciously be thinking about it but I was just like brushing my teeth and I was like why am I thinking about this right now and I was like oh it's it's begun the horny thoughts have begun and I remember talking to my therapist about it and I was like oh it feels weird it's gross and I talked to some of my friends who um were assigned male at birth and are still identify you know with being like a cis man and I, I'm t I'm talking to them I'm like is this did you experience this and they're like yep you get used to it or like oh yeah that goes away don't worry about that but you know you might have to deal with that but like the feeling of just like 
just like all my feelings and emotions feel different in my body and they're processed differently. And I wasn't necessarily, I didn't really have expectations for what I was going to experience on testosterone because I know how different everybody's experience is. Because if you didn't know, testosterone, the effects it has on your body is based on your DNA. It's just as if you were, you know, going through puberty. If you, it, so this is, this is also, let me also just blanket statement right here. Um, this is why it's important for uh, kiddos who know that they are trans, who know that they want to go on um, uh, hormone therapy. This is why it's so important to listen to them and to give them access because going through a second puberty right now, if I would have just done this in middle school, like I probably wouldn't have dealt with as much depression, anxiety, and mental health uh, or mental illness, I guess, like mental health issues growing up. If I, if I would have known and if I had access to it, you know, um, but everybody's journey is different and I'm very grateful that I'm starting now. I know there are some people who start on testosterone once they are, you know, in their forties or their fifties, they're just beginning their transition journey. Um, and I don't really like to call it a transition journey. Like somebody is like, oh, in your transition, I'm like, I am just me. And I just happen to be on testosterone and going through puberty. I'm not transitioning into anything. Like, yes, I am. But like, I don't like it being used as like to describe. Like, I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense. But anyway, crying is so difficult to cry. I really have only cried like for more than 10 seconds at a time when um, like really sad things happened. One of them being like Twitch passing away um, or yeah. Um, if you know the dancer, um, I can't talk. I'm literally going to cry. <laughs> like I can, I can cry thinking about it. Um, I remember I, that was when I, I cried about that. Um, but it was like, I had to, I was in therapy and I like had waited to cry about it because I had found out at the time that I was like, I cannot process this right now. I need to think about this another time. And so when I was in therapy, I just started talking about it and crying. Um, but like, I feel the emotion of like, I could totally cry right now. Like if something is sad or if I'm frustrated, I like feel the tears like behind my eyes. Like I can like feel it in my body, the sensation of like cry, cry, cry but my tears do nothing. They don't form. And I just like have to process the emotion a little bit differently. And it's so interesting. Like it makes, it makes a lot of sense when I look back at all my friends growing up who were guys who were cis. Um, and when I say cis, I mean cisgender, um, AKA not transgender. And it makes sense like the way that they would tell me about their emotions and the way that they would go about life. Like, yeah, I had friends who would cry all the time, but like, it just makes a lot of sense having like experienced both of these ways of experiencing emotion. It's just a lot of things click. And I honestly, I feel like I'm talking about nothing right now. I think I'm going to end this episode um, fairly soon. I... I don't really, I don't really know what else I was going to say about like the effects in seven months of testosterone and crying. Like, I don't really feel like talking about bottom growth. I don't really feel like 
I guess I can talk about facial hair. Y'all, I'm growing a mustache. <laughs> My facial hair is growing. I shaved recently, so you can't see it, especially on camera. But, like, I'm having little stubble, and I'm really excited about it. Um, and I shaved for the first time in November of 2022. It was, like, after day of national, national day of mourning, um, also known to some people as Thanksgiving. Um, I shaved whatever facial hair had been growing. And... Let's see, from June, July, August, September, October. That's five months on testosterone. And I'm I'm at like a microdose. Like I'm doing like 30 milligrams injection every week right now. Um, and that's um, like 0 0.15 milliliters of the boy juice. Boy spelled B-O-I juice. And I shaved my face for the first time. And when it started growing back. It, it was growing back a little bit thicker, but it wasn't until the end of December that my mustache really started to grow in, in the bottom, like on the sides around my upper lip, just like on each side, just a little bit of darker hair was growing. And I was having like four thick, dark hairs popping out of my chin. And I was like, so ex I am so excited about it still. I mean, it's, it's January 29th today, um, 2023. And I shaved again right um, after the new year and I shaved again like last week or like two weeks ago. I can't even remember at this point. I think it was, I think it was two weeks ago now. I shaved because um, my hair was growing in like right above my lip and like from beneath my nostrils. My hair was growing in, but it was light like the color was really light but I could see it was growing in so I shaved it and now it's growing in a little bit darker so I'm really excited over the next couple of weeks I'm not gonna shave I'm just gonna see what it looks like I might shave my chin again because the hairs like they're poking out and they're like getting long and you can't really see them and also when I'm in public I'm really wearing a mask for the most part unless I'm like eating next to somebody or drinking water like I am pretty masked up in public unless I'm like sitting outside with a friend um like, even if I go on a walk outside my home, like, I'm wearing a mask outside. Um, so you don't even really see my mustache or my chin unless I'm, like, doing something that you would see it in or if I'm, like, hanging out with friends. And so sometimes I'll shave just my chin, but I'm not going to shave my mustache. And my goal is to see before my birthday because my birthday is coming up. Um, this podcast will be uploaded after my birthday has already happened. Um but for my birthday, I would love to take some birthday selfies with my mustache and how grown it has been. And I'll probably fill it in with some makeup, but I've been, I really love doing my makeup, uh, with, ha with having facial hair and having a mustache. Like I'm very, the femme boy aesthetic. Um, I love, I love it. So, um, some days that's really, it's like really gender euphoric when I am, have a mustache and also am wearing mascara and eyeliner and glitter like lipstick you know gloss like it's it can feel really really awesome sometimes especially if like my chest is binded down and taped and yeah but that's all I have today we talked about the moon we talked about insight timer neurodivergency and being trans and uh, testosterone and 
that's all I have for today. I, uh, thank you all for, thank you for listening to me and for listening to this episode. I can't believe this is already three episodes that you have listened to. If you've listened to them in, in a row in order, um, I'm really excited for the next couple of episodes and to finally upload this podcast. So if you're listening to this, you have already seen the art that has been created by my friends, um, for the cover. And, um, I mean, hopefully you've seen it unless you're just like listening to this with somebody else. Then maybe you, maybe, maybe show your, whoever you're listening this to the, the beautiful context cover art. But anyway, I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day, your evening, your morning, your night, wherever it is you are. As always, I'm sending you all so much love and light, and I am excited to talk to you all soon. Bye.